From out of the lab and into the gym, it's the Coach Me Plus Applied Sports Science Podcast. Hey everybody, it's Kevin Davidovich, co-founder and president of Coach Me Plus. You're listening to the Coach Me Plus Applied Sports Science Podcast. Today is Wednesday, July 6th, 2016, and you're listening to episode number five. Uh, today we have on Jay DeMeo. He is the head strength coach for basketball over at the University of Richmond. He also runs the Central Virginia Sports Performance Seminar. Um, you can find that at cvasps.com. Now, if you've never been to this, I promise you it's probably one of the best seminars that you'll ever go to. Uh, it is this year, July 15th and 16th, which is next week. Uh, and of course, if you miss it, you know, book it for next year. Um, as far as our conversation with Jay, we discuss the seminar. We talk a little bit about getting athlete compliance. Uh, we get some information on Omega Wave and uh, how to educate your athletes on nutrition. Uh, for us, if you want to subscribe to our podcast, make sure that you click your link, whatever app you're using, whether it be iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever it might be. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at CoachMePlus. And, of course, you can subscribe to our newsletter when you go to CoachMePlus.com and click on the link on the top right. So, without further ado, Jay DeMeo. And we are live. Wow! That was, that was a ridiculous that was like a disaster that was a lesson in why nobody should ever podcast without like professional equipment we talk about bro i'm not, <laughs> number 40s this week i think for me and uh although i guess that the issues i'm having with this macbook say otherwise but Sarah, well, right well who do we have we have jay demayo on the line here jay demayo the head strength coach basketball at university of richmond and of course uh, Jay DeMeo, who also runs the Central Virginia Sports Performance Seminar, which is also known as the CVAPS, um, and which is coming up in a week, right? Yeah, about 10 days. Yeah, cool. 15th awesome. and 16th. Really cool. Actually, last year was my first year that was there. I thought it was, I thought it was really good. Um, you had, uh, I don't know how you got the speakers that you got there, but literally it was like one of those things where you, you had to like bribe people or something to actually have the people that you had there? Um, you know, I guess that one thing that I've kind of become a little bit better than average at is kind of finding people and, I don't know, I think that a lot of people would want to become involved now because we've been really lucky to have some really just fascinating people involved from, you know, it all started with Joseph Johnson and, and his connections with Ultimate Athlete Concepts, bringing in Dr. Yessis, Dr. Bundarchuk, um, Dr. Natalia Burkashensky, um, the connection with Dr. Mianfeng Ruan out in Ningbo, China, and Dr. Surin. And then, you know, it's social media is really crazy, man. Like, you can get in touch with people, like, no problem just hunting people down on Facebook or Twitter or whatever it may be. It's, um, so yeah, I think that it's kind of just sort of been a self uh, evolving kind of creature in and of itself. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And you're doing your, I mean, how many years is it now? Six years? This will be number six. Yeah. That's six crazy. or seven. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Yeah. <laughs> this is number six. 
Um, so, you know, in the past six years, I, I guess the the question would be like, how how has it how has it progressed from like that first um, that first event that you had, and, you know, which I'm sure was a learning experience to start with. <clears throat> yeah, man, they all are. Um, if, if I know a lot of people think that you can do a lot with these things, and it's really this like crazy easy whatever. Uh, I'll tell you straight up, it's not. Uh, my assistant Andrew and I have been running crazy already, and we're we're ten days out. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, it, it actually, and I've told the story a billion times now. But uh, a former director, Brandon Horgan, who's now the head guy at Wake Forest kind of called me out to pick it up and um, we went really big for 2010 uh, but the reason I don't mention 2010 is because we had to quit uh, we had to fold it because nobody ended up showing up <laughs> so we, uh, we took a couple steps back and I want to say 2011 was um, was Doc was Anatoly uh it might have been Vladimir too. I'd have to look at the list again. It's been so long. You know, Ethan Reeve was here. Joel Jameson was here, uh, and that really started. You know, from the, the connection with Yosef, then I, I, I a really big connection that drove a lot of what we have done here was that with the late Bob Eilenfeld, who was known as the Angry Coach on Elite FTS. <laughs> and uh, if you know Bob, if anybody did, that was the perfect moniker for him. But he's um, sorely missed and was, was a big part in everything. You know, he was the connection to guys like Joel and Landon. And, uh, you know, I mean, and Landon has really driven us in a, in a lot of very positive directions, you know. And at Landon and Cal Dietz, um, you know, bringing in Benny and bringing yeah. in people like him, you know, directing us towards Hank Krasenhoff and Steve Magnus and, you know, all sorts of people. Andrew Althoff, yeah. you know, uh, really came from from the direction of Landon Evans. So it's been uh, it's been those guys really pushing the way, and then a lot of people behind the scenes, like Matt Tomey at Michigan Tech, mm-hmm. uh, Jeff Moyer with D.C. Sports Training in Pittsburgh, uh, Danny Ramondi at George Washington has been completely like a, a, a backbone, like something you'd, you'd never see in the front, but he keeps me standing up with a lot of these things. Sure. You know, and it's uh, I'm sure I'm missing somebody, and, and if I am, I'm sorry. Uh, Doc Ure, Slider, who'll be down. Um, you know all these guys that they basically volunteer their time to come back and help because yeah, it's, yeah. it really is a special two days, man. It's a lot of fun. Well, you know, I, so we go. I think we did twenty-two or twenty-three shows this year, like just traveling around. And <laughs> you know the the one thing that you always get over and over again is you'll get these. Um, you get these seminars, you get these groups, and they'll have a speaker, and then the speaker gets up on stage, and the guy starts talking about, you know, whatever theory he's getting into and stuff like that, and because the crowds at some of these events are getting so big, um, they they kind of, I don't know, jump the shark kind of thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. where you've gotten to the point where people won't divulge the actual techniques or the secrets or whatever it is behind what they're doing, because there's, you know, competitors are in the audience, or... You know, they might be afraid that they're going to offend somebody or whatever it might be. You go to MIT Sloan or something like that, and, and people are just—they're really tight-lipped about what they what they uh, they say on stage. But my experience in going to um, 
to CVAPs last year was people started cracking open Excel sheets and laptops and data sets and just started getting into, like, look, man, this is how I do it. This is why we do it. This is where it worked. This is where it screwed up. And um, I was really impressed with the, the open nature that the the forum kind of provided. And I don't know if it's because of the size of the room or, you know, because it was, like, on campus in a dorm or, or what, yeah. but... You know, whatever you did to get that environment going, I, I really, um, you know, learned a lot uh, being there. And of course, you know, the networking was great and everything else like that. So, um, you know, that's just that's just my thoughts on it. Yeah, and I think that that's a big part of what we want it to be. Is it's, you know, there's so many people that, you know, get up and talk about like this is Team X's speed program or whatever, but mm-hmm. never tell you like their actual numbers. And I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that, you know, I mean, you, there, I'm sure that there's a lot of people out there that could take things from just exercises or sets and reps or whatever it may be, but when we're looking at, you know, the group of people that are there regularly, it really is, uh, I think Rudy said it in his interview at the end of it, where it's really kind of just like a, like a bunch of like family members or really tight buddies just get together and it's just like, Yo, man. So, what you been doing different? And what are you seeing? And yeah, and it's it really is. It's it's not like because I think the thing with most people in this profession, what they would probably agree with is if you've got a lot of secrets, you're probably hiding something. You know, there's, not, there's not only hiding. Reason. I wouldn't say hiding something. I'd say that you're you're afraid that um, <laughs> most secrets are pretty simple, right? Like you get beyond you get behind the the doors of whatever you know super secret sauce is happening. And it actually ends up being like really basic stuff, and you know there isn't a whole lot to it. I think I think people are afraid of stripping their own mystique. Oh yeah, but even when we get down to things like talking with, for example, like Ryan Horn and Wake Forest, like how you guys are using your Omega Wave versus like what we do, mm-hmm. you know, like something simple like that. Again, like there's some people who just they don't like to talk about those things or what modifications you're actually making. Like what are you doing? What are you looking at? Mm-hmm. And then how do you know that it's helping? Is it even helping? Do you, I mean, what are you seeing? And it's, it is. It's, it's a lot of open and honest sharing. And it's because it's not. And the other thing, too, like there's, there's a lot of guys there who are very serious about what we're doing. Sure. We're very serious about the advancement of the profession and, and all of those things. But they're not, there's not a lot of assholes, you know, that are going to be like, Nah, dude, that's stupid. Like, what are you doing? You know, like, yeah. if you can provide a reason, whether whether someone agrees with it or not, you know, we had, um, it was like three or four years ago when the whole 1 by 20 thing started going, when we were using it here, when it was me and Matt, Jeff Moyer was starting to use it up uh, in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And Yosef. Explain that. What's what's the 1 by 20 thing? So it's it's... Doc Yesis's methods. So it's basically just one set of 20 of a ton of exercises, basically, mm. looking at every joint angle. And it, it's just general GPP. Mm. And I think people get a little excited about all of it because they hear this thing and there's this, there's now almost like this mystique to it where it's almost, you know, like, is it the dark side of the force? You know, is it, <laughs> are you going to, you know, what is it? But it's just simple GPP. It's it's awful, you know. I I ding my knee up playing broom ball with friends. Um, they have ice first, down there, Richmond. Yeah, inside. Imagine that. We got, <laughs> we're really good at central air. Um, but it's uh, 
I squatted for the first time in shoot two months, two and a half months, and yeah. that's what I did. I did the one by twenty today, and it's it's not fun. Um, you know, when people look at it, and it's could it be boring? Could it be this? Could it be that? Well, there's yeah. a ton of things you can change all the time, and so, and let's so, be honest, boring works, bro. No, that's what I'm saying. Sometimes simple is like the easiest thing. But so, so like all this is going around. You got a bunch of different guys, you know, basically implementing the methodology. And oh, and it was just like so. We were this was before we were housing on campus. So we were at a bar, and it was like 20 people just like going absolutely crazy, like ripping it apart and defending it and building it and <laughs> yeah. how they would manipulate it and all these things. And it was like it was probably one of the coolest. Uh, professional discussions I've ever been in because it was just like really it was like the three of us are just like no like, like that's legitimately how we do it yeah you know oh well but blah 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 maybe but that's that's just not how we do it and and these are the results that we got yeah it was it was just like you were saying it was awesome though man it was uh, it, it becomes an honest discussion right yeah and especially when you start mixing in good beer and all of a sudden that discussion. <laughs> Starts to pick up a little bit. I say, you know, some of the best some of the best conversations that I've um, been a part of have been like in in a bar with like you know five or six different coaches. Everybody just cracks it open and like totally honest and like you know this is why this sucks and this is why this is cool. And it's very rare you get that in a, in a like a seminar kind of setting because everybody's trying to put their, you know, best professional foot forward and, you know, I'm so-and-so and this is my persona and this is who I am. And, you know, when that stuff breaks down and actually people have real conversations, that's when the ideas really start flowing. And even more so what you find with a lot of these things is like <laughs> when people have these conversations, it's typically we agree on like legitimately 98% of everything. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like the 2% where it's like, well, I see what you're doing. Well, I see what you're doing, but I don't like it. whatever but it's like there was a great conversation between Dr. Peterson and and Val three or four years ago when Benny gave his dissertation and Val initially was like what? no this is all wrong and then Ben was like well wait a minute and they talked about it and then it kind of came around where it's like again they agreed on 97-98% of it but it was just terminology or this that or the other thing um you know but I, I think those socials are the best time for me i mean i just sit at a table and it's just like all right you know just crack the ears open and, and just start absorbing because there's that's and that you know honestly like if you're if you're like a young coach in the profession that's probably the best lesson that you can throw out there is to listen with your mouth shut for a while and actually hear what some of these guys are doing because um you know there's i see a lot of stuff right like we just work with so many different groups and 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 different coaches and things like that and um a lot of the opinions that i have are um i don't know they're they're uh anecdotal right like i can say i can tell you you know what the this football team does and what that hockey team does and what this coach does behind the scenes and things like that and honestly like i'm just not the expert enough to tell you why it's right or wrong and if I just shut up and listen, um, the the amount of information that comes this way really helps me understand, you know, why a coach is doing something that way or why they think this guy's methodology sucks. And I, you know, I'm not in a position to defend it. I'm just simply a neutral person listening to it, and you know, my curiosity in the space just kind of just kind of takes over. So, 
Um, <clears throat> you know, it's funny because we see we see a lot of these guys that become uh, disciples to a methodology religion, mm-hmm. and you know, it's like, no, no, man, this is the way, this is the thing, this is what you're supposed to do, and it's like, you might want to stop that for a second, crack open, you know, your your the the thing that you're sticking with, and and, and um, you know, listen to what other coaches are doing and explore it. Um, and that's you know, that's always the environment that we try to promote when we're working with groups and of course you know um, you know doing something like you guys are doing it just uh, it, it, it really helps the profession I think oh no doubt about it I mean when you think about the, just the mere fact that over 50% of marriages in this country don't even survive <laughs> but but we want to marry ourselves to exercises um, 51% yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, uh, but no you know but it, like people do and it's I think a lot of times we argue a lot about exercises. Yeah. And I don't know, man. Like, I, you would kind of hope that in 2016 we were kind of past that. And we were starting to look more at, like, well, how are you getting there? Or what are your progressions? Or how are you moving things forward or backward or inside or outside? You know, like, what are you doing to actually take care of your kids? You know, these, these student athletes or athletes, professional or youth, whatever they are that you're working with. Um, but yeah, you know, it, and and I think that if the if the conversation doesn't kind of start, or at least somewhere in the middle, bring in like what your results are, like then what are we talking about, bro? Like, if you're just gonna say like, I like doing these exercises because they do this, mm-hmm. well, like, okay, but what does that do for a person's vertical? Ten, forty. 30, you know, well, well, change direction, whatever. How about this? How, how do those metrics actually correlate to on-field performance? If I've increased your vertical, does that, like we're, we're talking about um, the NHL Combine, uh, because it was recently here in Buffalo, and we're talking about vertical jump, and how does that translate into uh, on-ice speed? Right. Does it, right? Like in, you know, a couple of, uh, one of, one of my uh, uh, friends was like, well, I've got this algorithm that's got, you know, these three different variables, and I can on-ice speed that way, and I'm like, Okay, like, is it real or is it not real? And and do these tests, testing just for the test, actually translate into some sort of performance metric? Right. Well, and, and with things like that too, what's so crazy is skating is such a it's it's such a specific skill. Hmm. You know that if you haven't ever been on the ice, like accelerating in, on the rink is totally different than what you would do otherwise. So it's it's crazy, man, and it's. I just think that a, a lot of us need to be able to evaluate more of what we're actually putting into what these kids are doing. Yeah. Now, it's difficult, you know, like, if we look at a team, like, let's say that you're a good team and not a very good conference, and you win a bunch of games every year and you go to the NCAA tournament... But you, you know, versus a team that's in a really good conference, who would beat that team, right? Like, are we saying that the team that's in a really good conference but isn't as successful in their league and maybe doesn't go to the tournament every year versus the team that is successful in their conference but lost to that other team? Like, are things that are going on there proving better results versus things that are going on with the the team that beat them? Was it that, or is it the recruiting that was better? Right. I mean, and 
Now listen, I, I personally think that you can make kids better athletes. You can make, there's no doubt in my mind that you can make them faster, you can make them quicker, you can make them more agile. There are a bunch of different things that I think the future holds for this, and I don't know if it's necessarily big, in-depth, expensive tech stuff too. I think some of it, like, um, I think the slow the, the game down guys that do the stuff with the cards and all that stuff with vision training. Mm -hmm. I think that when we're looking at that kind of stuff, because I think I think vision training is, is is like the next big thing when it comes to all sorts of athletics. Because well, when, you, talk, when you talk vision training, are you just talking about like reaction timing with light boards, or are you talking about like wearing the um, you know, the goggles that track your eye movement and stuff like that. Well, even like, so slow the game down has things where it works on depth perception or just identifying colors and, and reacting off of specific things like that because we want to talk about agility all the time, but the biggest thing with agility are your eyes. Mm -hmm. Being able to identify whatever the stimuli is, whether it's somebody coming at you that you need to dodge or you need to hit or, you know, back to hockey. Is it the boards? Is it the goal? Yeah. No, and, and picking up visually what you're seeing and, and changing direction. Now, I know that the people at, at Slow the Game Down have had really good success helping guys hit baseballs better and, you know, tennis athletes, male and female, and softball players. And I know Jeff does a bunch of their stuff, I think, with soccer, too. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that, like, starting, you know, like we've talked about with weigh-ins, with your, with your, you know, your monitoring stuff, I think that starting simpler and now he does have a ton of those toys too sure once they get good at the other stuff i think that you know when you when you're able to do a and the kind of lower level if we want to call it or less techie things that allow you to see significant improvements visually so then, so for those who don't know um you know there's a lot of stuff that's going on with visual um testing you've got the Striver guys who are doing, you know, complete virtual reality and looking at, you know, here's what your, uh, you know, position on the field actually looks like. You got guys like Axon who are doing, you know, they're flipping a, a screen up on the board and letting you react to that. You've got the light board. You've got uh, slow the game. You've got right eye, which is actually tracking uh, where you're looking in, a, in an athletic movement. So you might have a tennis movement or you might have a pitch and you're trying to train the person to look at an elbow to a wrist to the movement instead of actually following the ball. Like you've got all these different um, different things. Um, you know, you're exposed to a lot of this tech, obviously, with um, you know running the, the the seminar and the group and stuff like that. Um, with all of those, you know, you go from a couple of k to a quarter million bucks for a unit. Like, what have you seen that you think is going to get your best bang for buck where it is right now? Not where it's going to be five years from now, because. Five years from now, everybody's going to be immersed in, you know, VR. But right, right now. I think that right now, from what I've seen in literature I've read, especially when it comes to concussions, is that that D2 board is is supposed to be real. Now, I haven't had a chance to bring it in and have my guys do it. Um, I know for a fact that the stuff that Jeff uses that Slow the Game Down has, um, he's seen significant improvements with his kids with Um the other things that I think, I think that those reaction lights and the gates, you know, I think that those are are, are kind of the middle spot between both of them. Mm -hmm. 
to allow you to get into some more game related type of things. Um, that ends up being a little difficult in NCAA because as soon as you get a ball involved, it's called practice. Sure. But, you know, we're trying to, you know, figure out more and more of that. But I think kind of piggybacking off of it, we like to jump at those things because toys are cool, right? <laughs> like, dude, like there's nothing sexier right now than technology when it comes to, you know, working with high-performance athletes. Yeah, yeah. But we don't ever talk about, like, how they cut. Like, it's very rarely that we sit there and we teach these kids these techniques. And it's something that we've actually had a lot of success with, you know, where kids, like, we would get more backdoor layups and keep people in front of us better the more we worked on this stuff. And the less we did, uh, the worse we got. You know, specialized exercises like Doc Yestis talks about where there's, you know, some carryover into these things. And it's... Again, it's not the sexy stuff. It's the stuff you do every day, but it, it helps. You sure. know, it's and even like return to play. We always want to talk about that, right? Like that's like a that's another buzzword. But <laughs> how often in anyone's rehab protocol are we actually saying, "Let's review how you cut"? We talk all day about your hop stop and your leg press versus right left with an ACL, but never like. All right, let's work on a two-step cut, a two-step 90-degree cut. Let's see how we do with it. Well, I do see some groups like uh, we've seen like at the Olympic Training Center, you'll have um, athletes doing like a drop jump, but a drop jump to an athletic movement so that you're training not only um, for the eccentric you know, uh, movement, but you're also looking for the athletic movement afterwards. So they are, there are some places that are advanced, and they're actually thinking about it that way. Uh, but I think you're right. I think that um, we, we run into this a lot where – people assume that the technology will solve the issue of bad coaching or bad culture or whatever it is. If I spend more money at it, the problems are just going to go away. And it's like, well, no, that's not true at all. Like, if you can't, if you can't figure out what your uh, coaching staff is going to do, the technology isn't there to augment it. It's there to replace, you know, issues that you have. It's never going to happen. Right. So, you know, even, you know, we sell technology. It's what we do. But the technology isn't going to make you a better coach. You're, you already have to be a good coach, and this is going to augment what you guys do. So when you're, um, when you're, it's kind of funny. You're like, well, we're going back to basics and teaching athletic movements. Isn't that what you're supposed to be doing in the first place? I mean, yeah, you know, and it's funny because a lot of the stuff that Doc talks about really kind of fits in that. Hmm, well, I mean, isn't that kind of what we're supposed to do? Like, like. That kind of makes a lot of sense, you know, and, and people like prehab. Well, prehab, can we get them to move through the joint, the joint angles required at the velocity or forces required in the sporting activity using the muscles and the contractions? It's, it's called dynamic correspondence. It's how you build specialized exercises. Like, I, I think that we look at things and we try to pigeonhole stuff and you know, maybe move a little bit out of our realm, mm -hmm. and I don't, I don't know why that is, but it, it maybe some people might get a little bit PTE, um, where it might be, you know, now, if there's a problem, and you can help it, you know, help stabilize whatever these issues are, of course you should do it, and I'm not saying that you should never do, you know, glute need activation for a kid, now, whether it's activation or not, we can talk about later, but... You know, glute meat exercises for a kid who has some 
valgus in their landing. Uh, but have you ever tried to talk to the kid about how they're landing? You know, like that becomes coaching cues, a coaching technique, right? Yeah, I think. Well, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, if you talk to them and they're not doing it, it's one of three things, right? You, your cues aren't working, and so they don't understand it. They're just not paying attention, or they don't care to listen. So you need to find something else to try to help them, or to motivate them, or to get them to do it, right? So if it's putting a band around their knees when they squat or whatever it may be, then so be it. You know, it's just, you know, it's yeah. doing what the game demands, I guess. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, back to, I think back to the original point, you know, the technology is sexy. The, you know, the newest gadget that comes out, a uh, sensor that tells you when you've reached your VO2 max while you're doing your activity. Sounds really cool. But um, how how is your experience? I mean, you're exposed to a lot of different coaches who come to your to your um, seminar. Obviously, you know, the, the, the tech is a big point in the conversation. The data is a big point in the conversation and stuff like that. Like how many of these guys are too focused on that and not going back to you know what you're just talking about right now, and that's standing in front of a kid and, and showing him, you know, why his, you know, his landing is wrong because, it's, like you said, he's going a little valgus on it. You know, I think that we're lucky here that we don't have. I don't know. Lucky might not be the right word because it's. I don't know. It, it just is what it is. There's not a lot of people that are in attendance that, unless that's their primary job focus, that that's what they're really doing. Um, I think that there are some people that right now are collecting a ton of data. Um, there are some that have way more of a luxurious situation than I do in the fact that if I wasn't running the numbers or I wasn't the one you know, going through all the stuff that was popping up in our dashboards with you guys or putting it in Excel, uh, it was Andrew. Uh, where they have exercise science departments that can do that for them, which must be nice, uh, <laughs> because when it's when it's just two people, it's it's a lot of work. Um, I do think though that it can be overwhelming, and I do think that no matter what, I think that everyone would agree with that. That there's a lot that can come from things, and I think the one thing that I've learned the most is. That, like everybody says, communication obviously needs to be the driving factor, but even more than that, if it starts to impede upon anything else that you're trying to do, then, it, then things need to change. Sure. You know, the as we've kind of uh, moved things in different ways and, and are implementing technologies in, in different settings than we were prior... Uh, there's been a, a, a dramatic change in, in, a, in a whole vast array of things, good, bad, or indifferent. Yeah. Um, but it's it's crazy how that kind of stuff works, man. That it's just like there could be you know some some things that you see or you know and you're trying to do. Um, but but if the kid is like, no, I, I'm going to go do this, that, or the other thing instead. Well, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> well, that's uh, it's a really good point. We we had a uh, coach uh, Matt Whittlespa. I don't remember if you remember Matt. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he's now a D1 um, coach up at Niagara, and he's the only guy in staff over there. And he's got you know three, four hundred kids, and he was talking about uh, getting getting like some of his guys who are like seen as team leaders and things like that to be the ones to buy in first, so everybody else kinds of kind of follows along. Like, how do you, you know, I've I've, I've had a a bunch of offline conversations with you where you're like, ah, I got this jerk and this kid and this one, and it's got to follow. Like, you know, how do you how do you deal with the room when it's like, look, man, like we're trying to get this done because it's going to help you. Well, I, I think he's 100 percent correct. There's some people that no matter what, they just don't want to do it. Uh, and I think that probably the higher level you get, you're going to get more and more people that are are going to end up being like that. Um, and it's almost. I've almost come to the point now where it's, hey man, I'm here. You know, like, when you're ready, I'm here. This is what you're going to do until you're ready. But when you're ready, I'm here. So we can we can move forward at some point, but if if it's just going to be like that, then it's just going to be like that. Like, I'm not going to take it personal. Like, if that's how you're going to be, that's how you're going to be. Um, you know, and they think that they have the best answer for themselves. They may or may not be correct. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, it's just, that's just kind of the way the cookie crumbles with some of these kids. <laughs> and, you know, the crazy thing is, is more often than not, when those people are removed or uh, those situations are eliminated or at least altered in a bit, then, then the whole barometer of everything changes. So it's, sure. you know, it's, it's... But that but that's not a decision you can make, right? Like, you're not going to be the person who's going to transfer a kid or cut a kid or, you know, take away his, bent, you know, take away his floor time, whatever it is. Like, you still got to deal with the, the issue in the gym. Yeah. So, you know, where, where, what has, in your experience, worked well to get, you know, kids to buy in? Oh, giving them some autonomy with what they're doing. I think is is really important. You know, when you're when you're allowing these kids to like make some selections. You know, because we can talk about lifting and all these things all we want, right? I mean, it's general stuff, man. It's GPP. Who cares if the guy's doing a dumbbell bench versus a barbell bench versus a dumbbell incline? Like, I mean, at the end of the day, if the kid wants to bench and he's going to be more excited to come into bench instead of doing dumbbell incline. But you say no, you can't do bench because you have to do dumbbell incline. Like, you're kind of the asshole. <laughs> you know, I mean, like seriously, like, yeah. who cares? Like, if you have your things where you're like, listen, all right, man, I need you to do X, Y, and Z. After that, like, and a, the workout cards legitimately, it's it'll say like horizontal push and it'll be an empty square. It'll say horizontal pull and an empty square. You know, like shoulder raises and an empty square like some dude really loves to do half lateral raises and that freaking gets some hype cool you know yeah. I mean hey you want to do hammer curls instead of easy bar like you know like yeah. the things that we kind of pick fights about I don't know if those are the things that we should pick fights about so you got you got a couple of hills that you're going to die on which, which things do you pick fights about you know, the ones that Dr. Verkashansky said are the ones that are the most important are the squat and actually the seated calf raise. And Doc Yassis, 
um, is big with his glued ham, which is a little different than how some other people do it. So it's all the way down, pause, and then up to 30 degrees. Mm -hmm. And then um, for the most part, as we get going, it will be the specialized stuff. So the pullback, the knee drive, and the lunges. Uh, and then depending on where the kid is in his career, following the jump progression is... Uh, Dr. Vukashansky has laid it out is is really important because it sets that base of elasticity and then teaches them how to jump and how to move better. So, you know, those sort of things are, are really it. Um, but with even that being said, like, it, it, obviously there are medical reasons why you're not going to back squat, you know, or we'll change how we back squat or squat or whatever, you know, We'll have six of our eight guys double bodyweight squat for an eight. I don't know how much a basketball player needs to squat more than that. You know, I mean, it's if we've got six of those guys that are, are ready, we should we should be doing some velocity-based stuff. Mm -hmm. Maybe those are the guys that we look at and, you know, we just watch how they cut. Is it Are they better for somebody to be on a K-box because they really need that overspeed eccentric, you know, that, that overloaded eccentric so they don't, they can just boop pop more you know sure. uh, you know so it's it's kind of having your staples but you know just because you're a potato guy doesn't mean you can't eat sweet potatoes sure you know so it's those I'm though but short story long <laughs> uh, those three and the guys know you know the guys 100% know and and when they ask I, I tell them because these are the ones that the really smart people say are the most important yeah I'm like oh okay <laughs> They have doctor in front of their name. It's really important. Yeah, and, and their last name, you can't spell it. So, <laughs> so. Um, so, so that's in the gym. And, uh, you know, what is your uh, – do you work with the on-court stuff or is it just uh, the gym stuff and pre and post? Uh, I don't do not, – not during practice. You know, we'll do some stuff before, you know, some warming up stuff. Mm -hmm. But even with that, like – I think what's interesting with basketball is the whole pre-warm-up thing that if, if people are really going to invest in it, I think it can be really great. Yeah. Uh, I think more often than not, it's just killing 10 minutes. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think that it's kind of like that in a lot of places where it's like you kind of give them their blueprint. And there are some guys, like I know we got one kid who every day, no matter what we do in the warm-up, as soon as we're done, he's going to do a figure four stretch on the scores table. I got another kid that no matter what, as soon as we're done, he's going to sit down and he's going to stretch his hamstrings on the bench. Like, there are just, you know, different strokes for different folks, man. And they're just going to do the same thing every day. So really, it's just how I handle that is, yo, what do we need today? Mm -hmm. How do y'all feel? <clears throat> no, and when I when I see them before, if I if I do, it'll just be figuring out things and getting a pulse, and you know, going that way. Now the recuperative stuff, when we get into the season, we'll be doing things much differently. Sure. Um, that's when we'll start getting into looking at readiness and the CNS and the ANS and prescribing things post practice night before a game. Uh, we can't specifically prescribe nutrition, I don't think, in the state of Virginia because I'm not a licensed dietitian. But 
we can talk to them about your CNS is down, it'd probably be a good day instead of eating this to have some avocado and some seafood, you know, some salmon or whatever. You know, and we're lucky if you know that to have meetings the night before games so we can sit there and, and take care of these things. You know, if you know, you're parasympathetic, it's <clears throat> let's really bang in some extra protein, you know, get either the the Normatec and crank it all the way up or, you know, get you in a cold whirlpool or a game ready or whatever it may be, pull you back the other way, hopefully, you know, help you recover a bit, help you get ready for tomorrow. You know, if you're the other way, maybe we give you a Normatec and it's way, way down. Yeah. So it's just gentle or whatever. And pump you full of fluids, you know, and, and you know, just try to, you know, because we look at all that stuff and we, we feed you with exercise or stress or whatever you want to call it, you know, whatever's cool now, um, based on what you're able to handle. But we we kind of run from these other things. Yeah. You know, and, and Charlie Weingroff, I think, spoke about it up at BSMPG a few years back where it was about when they were setting up everything that they're doing with Canada basketball, the original thing they were doing it for was their their rehab and their regeneration stuff. And it's mm -hmm. something that I've it's really spent like the last two years kind of looking into more and more and trying to, well, I don't you, know, at least figure something out with it. So, so um, you know, outside of the gym, you're, you know, you mentioned CNS, ANS, uh, looking at parasympathetic uh, responses and things like that. Obviously, you're using an Omega Wave, uh, Omega Wave unit for, for recovery or t looking at recovery. Um, you know, you've been using that for quite a while, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a... Uh, you know, I'm a basketball coach. Um, you know, I've heard of this thing, the Omega Wave. I know it does heart rate variability and some other magic. You know, what uh, what was your experience like from, you know, when you started, how many years ago, first off, until oh, now? Gosh, five years ago? Yeah, so, like, you're, you're like Ninja Black Belt and Omega Wave now. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> Maybe more like uh, Ninja Black Belt. No, Maybe an Uber driver. Uber uh, driver. You're more like yeah. an Uber driver. Uh, we'll go with your. We'll go with a yellow belt. So you're you're yeah. like a you're a prissy yellow belt. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, what you know, start to finish. Like, how did you first experience the the technology? Um, what did you gain an experience in it? And then finally, like, what did you? Um, leave with where it's just like you know what I don't need 90% of this or 80% of this I just need like two or three key variables that really make the difference yeah I think that's the biggest part man right there is that it ends up being like we look at like two or three things then we look at other stuff like long term you know like all the other evaluations um, the functioning state of the autonomic nervous system and the functioning state of the central nervous system obviously are key you know when we're looking more towards the, the off season and when we're training kids we'll look at their resting heart rate if we're doing it in the morning and make sure it's sub 60 hopefully sub 55 because um, that'll just tell us what their general fitness level is you know I mean it's you'd be surprised how many of these kids show up I mean and it doesn't just happen with basketball players it happens with all sorts of athletes mm -hmm. you know that and that resting heart rate just a random spike in that's going to tell you a bunch of things that's, that's going on with the kids um, yeah you know but I think that the uh, and I've said this before, the first thing I tell anybody when they first start using it is you're going to do something about a month or two in 
and you're going to see like that change. <laughs> Whatever it is, right? They'll either go from like yellow this to green that or red this to green that. You're going to be like, man, this is easy. <laughs> and you're going to do it again and it's going to be dead wrong. Like it ain't going to do what you think it's going to do. So pump your brakes, man. Like pump your brakes. Um, hit up a lot of people uh, that are involved in it. I know that Trisha's done a lot of great things with expanding her help. Sure. Uh, I know like Mark McLaughlin's going to schools and talking with people and like, if, if you're calling me a black belt, like he's like the Jedi Master um, over here. You know, you've got Tim Rustbason who's doing a lot of stuff to help, you know, the customers and, and, and figure things out and move things forward. Um, but you need to pick your one or two things and you need to, to follow them. And, and those are the three things that we really look at. Uh, you know, and it's, it is a lot. And it's, it's getting into then what it's what it's gotten me into then is, is reading more and researching more and understanding more of how the body wants to do things you sure. know, how it just wants to survive and yeah. it's uh, it's it's really fascinating you know and there's people that say that there are you know they have a they have a pulse on their team and they can tell just by when they walk in how ready they are. And I'd say, you know, maybe nine times out of ten you're right. But what if that one day is like the day that yeah. you should do it? You know, and it's you know, I'm not using this as a sales pitch for them, even though I I would I I would because I truly believe in everything that they stand for and they do and I mean dude I found a cardiac condition with one of our kids. Sure. Like now it ended up being a low level A V one block, but like I mean, there's, there's kids dying in training. Like, why would you not want to look at these things, you know, to make sure that they're okay? Yeah. Uh, and the other thing that people need to understand, and I've said this a billion times too, is I, it might be expensive, dude, but it ain't a deity. Like, you spend a lot of money on these things. Even if you do something like you spend a lot of time putting together a questionnaire that uploads directly into your Google Drive or whatever it may be. Like, you know, like, the time is money, man. It, it, it's all expensive. And you have to remember that there are times where it may not be the best day for them to handle something, and you may have to pay it back later, but you got to know you know, when to, when to let them go a little bit and how to feel the kids out, and then you've got to be able to know that the next day you're going to have to back stuff off. You know, because you're, you're not paying with your debit card. You're paying with a credit card. Sure. You know, it's... But it's fun, man. And it's... <laughs> if you've got any sort of science-y, nerdy, number geek like I do in you, then you... It's great for you. So if, um, you know, you're... Obviously, you're going to recommend, you know, an Omega Wave 2, uh, just about anybody who's out there looking for technology. I can't afford an Omega Wave. What do you do? You know, do you, like you said, you go back to those questionnaires and, and Google Forms and, and things like that. I mean, you know, what type of what type of correlations have you seen between the the low budget uh, way of doing things and the high budget way of doing things that you can actually maybe shortcut to one or two things that actually help without buying technology? Can I steal an answer here? Yeah, totally. <clears throat> well, it depends on what you're trying to do, right? I mean, like. I think that if you, uh, what do you want to find out? You know, are, 
with your questionnaires, what I would probably suggest, if that's the route you want to go, is I would keep it to three at most. I would, and I would wait until you do anything until things are at least ten to twelve numbers in. Okay. Um, because you need to know what an average is, like what the kid is. Sure. <coughs> Excuse me, because like we talked about, you know, like I'm a Debbie Downer, man. Like I'm gonna be like a two tomorrow. Soreness, I'm going to be a one. I'm, I'm going to want a wheelchair after what I did to myself today. Yeah. When I feel good because I'm old and dinged up, I'll probably be a two. Maybe a great day, I'll be a three. Okay. You know, so like, but you, you're always happy. So maybe you're going to be like straight fives. So it's not like that your 15 is like Kevin's the man and my six is like Jay Blows. <laughs> it's just Jay's Eeyore, you know? <laughs> hey. And Kevin's Winnie the Pooh, you know? And it's like, oh, well, all of a sudden, J6 is now a two or a three or whatever. Now we got a problem. Yeah. You know, and it's understanding that you got to, with all of this stuff, man, you got to pump your brakes before you start diving into things. And if you're not going to be willing to sit and talk with your kids, man, or there's going to be something that is a barricade to allow you to talk to your kids about things for any reason whatsoever, don't do it. So, but is there is there any, uh, you know, looking at the, you've been looking at data side by side for a while now, is there anything that you would say, you know what, this this matches up pretty close, you know, this type of, uh, this type of information matches up pretty close to watching, um, you know, uh, central nervous system fatigue or whatever that might be? I mean, the big one's sleep, right? You know, okay. when, when these kids don't sleep well, I think when you're looking at the questionnaires, then everything else falls in with that you know it's if they say they're stressed and they slept well then typically their ans stuff isn't going to be too bad because uh, they're not really stressed you know what i mean like yeah 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 if, when they're really stressed and they're up and they're not sleeping and they're they actually do have whether it be school stuff or problem stuff or life whatever it may be a cold you know the flu uh, that's the one that I think impacts things the most. So do you ask, do you ask sleep quality? Is that your question, or is it yeah. hours of sleep? Sleep quality. Sleep quality. Okay. I think hours of sleep is hard, because then you're asking them to... You're asking them to spitball it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, I think that then you'll get the outlying number... Because they'll know it was. I think it's six of one or half dozen of the other. Because you're going to get the outlying number either way. And who's to say that? Well, I went to bed at midnight and yeah. I woke up at seven. But when they say went to bed, they were in bed watching, you know, House of Cards for two hours. Yeah, that's so. what my wife does. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. Uh, you know, you've got uh, what? What other things have you done? You know, you've got you got a mega wave. Obviously, you were talking about some of the gym stuff. You know, what other um, parts of the athlete's day are you are you dealing with and touching in a way that, again, you know, you have only so many hills that you're going to die on when you battle these guys, and what's absolute and what's not absolute. What other absolutes do you have in your uh, in your programming? I think that right now the way that we're moving more towards is starting to try to help these guys with what they're eating. And I think that it's more of just like like general home ec type stuff that they should have been taught sure. in high school. But no, And it's really... So 
for the longest time, I thought that all of these questions, like for the most part, were just bullshit. Yeah. Like you don't you don't know that. Like everybody knows that. <laughs> everybody like, knows. Everybody knows the back of the package actually has something on it, right? Yeah. Eat your vegetables. Like, fried is not as good as grilled. <laughs> it's not as good as baked. Like everybody knows they don't know this. Like I, I don't know. Maybe they're just getting better and better at playing dumb, or they don't know this. So what we're starting to, I mean, we're, we're trying to find like a cheesy way of like getting that going. But that's kind of the next step for us, I think, is you know, whether it be Andrew and or I um, and trying to get the staff involved and being like, sure. we're going to go to D-Hall or <laughs> we'll go to dinner one night and it'll be like, what's on your plate? Like, what? Like, I'm not telling you to get rid of it. I just want to know what you're looking at. Like, and what could you do differently that might help you play better? You so know? It's, not, it's not feeding them as much as it's, as it's educating them. Yeah. you got. I think that more and more with this generation, you need to empower them than just spoon feed them. Okay. Because as soon as you don't give them these things, if they don't know what they should do, now, even if they know, it doesn't mean they're going to. Yeah. But if they don't know what they should do, then they're not going to change anything. You know, like, they're just going to go and it's, I got a guy no matter what. He's going to go to McDonald's. He's going to get hot cakes and sausage. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. But maybe it's because he just doesn't know better. You know, this is just what he likes to eat. All right, well, let's talk about that. Like, what are you looking at? And what are we trying to do? What are you trying to accomplish? Like, what can we do that would be better for you, you know? And all you can do is try. And if they're not buying it and they're going to do their own thing, then, again, you're there. They know you're there. They know you're trying to help them. If they don't want the help, they can come when they want the help. So what, what resources have you uh, pulled together to give these guys? Like, what, what, you know, let's get right down to it. Like, what works... You know, to educate some kid who's never seen the back of a package before, who's never, you know, eaten outside of a fast food restaurant. You know, you're getting because the one thing that I found that when we first started working with athletes was that you really don't need to be as educated to be an athlete. Like, I, oh. I it was it was kind of a surprise to meet some of these guys who were, you know, um, on the in the NFL, and then you talk to them, and you're like, oh, that's right, you're very talented, and you're not very, you know, you're not as up on where you could be. Trying to, I'm trying not to say stupid, <laughs> but you know these guys. Um, you know how do you how do you break down lifelong patterns? You know they've been spending 18 years just getting by on talent, and you know eating McDonald's because that's what was available to them. Uh, you know how do you break down and get it to a simple way that you can actually educate these guys? Uh, to be honest, it's just sitting there and talking to them, and it's like. Well, what are some things that we should look at? What are some things that we should be looking to add or subtract or change? Or, Okay, so do you know what it means when they say French fries? Like, do you understand what's going on there? And then just talking to them about it. And I don't think that, like, as much as I try with the seminar, I'll never be great at social media. Never. Mm -hmm. Mostly because, like, in my own personal life, I, I don't really care much about it. <laughs> Tweeting and... Yeah, like, yeah. I don't think that I do anything that's really all that cool that I just need to put on the internet every day. 
I don't know. I mean, maybe other people would. And here, I we hope are, not. and here we are periscoping, by the way. I know. How crazy <laughs> is that, right? Um, both of us running a podcast. But anyway. Um, but it's, I think that it's just talking to people. You know, because again, and, and Drew's right over here. He can attest to it. Uh, these kids ask all the time, like, what should I be eating? And it's, the worst part about it is, dude, is, is you know, it's not quite that simple. It's not what you should be eating specifically. It's what are some things that you can look at. You know, I know people take teams to the grocery store and they look at labels and this and that. I, I just don't know if that's step one. You know, like right now in college, we're lucky in a way that I don't believe any of our student athletes live off campus. So they always have access to the dining hall. And or whatever eatery on campus they select. Sure. You know, what can we do with them to, you know, like if the only choice they have is to go to the international building and it's either a turkey wrap or dumplings, what are you going to choose? Why are you going to choose it? Yeah. Is that the best choice? Yeah. What, what drives you to that choice? Have you even tried the other thing? You know, like, and, and just... That's all you can do, man. Have you guys? Have you guys? Uh, obviously, they they change NCAA regulations uh, to allow for you know better meals for athletes and you know looking for the benefit of athlete wellness, student athlete wellness. Um, what what have you guys made changes? What have you guys done as far as changes go in your operations to to deal with that? Well, that's an that's an ongoing process right now. We actually are lucky with men's basketball that we have a pretty much a. I think it's a full kitchen, actually, in the locker room. Sure. Um, so what we're doing right now is just trying to build, like, two or three almost, like, snacks through the day that they can come and get. Uh, but, again, like, if they don't take them, then what do you do? You know, is it – so it's – again, it's just about educating. It's about making better decisions and, and helping them. You know, and uh, on top of that, you know, the, the meal stuff that we'll do the night before games – That'll be new. Um, So baby steps, you know, because it's – I think the other thing too is when you make huge, dramatic, and gross changes, it freaks some people out. (laughs) Yeah. You know, me especially. Um, So I don't know if if we would go any further right now if that would be good for the guys or if they would just look around and be like, what is going on? Like – I got to do. Isn't what? that part of what Altav was talking about with uh, the changes that they made at Baylor? Like it was, it was a year over year. Like we're only doing little, you know, like boiling the frog slowly kind of thing. Little changes year after year, so that these guys who were never exposed to it will eventually get exposed to it. But the new class that comes in will have, you know, no knowledge of the change that took place. It just happened over time. Right. Yeah. And that's I couldn't agree more with what Andrew talked about with that. That and. The whole idea of earning all of those situations with kids is, is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, no, I think it worked out really well. Uh, dude, an hour flies by really fast. No way, really? Yeah. Yep. You're, you're really awesome at this, man. <laughs> I get to 30 minutes, and I'm like, oh, no, what do I got to do now? <laughs> I'm like, oh, wait, but I only wanted to be 30 minutes. <laughs> you know, it's funny because there's, like, so much more I want to talk about and ask, um, you know, but so uh, – 
Next week is CVAPS. Um, you know, not to keep plugging it, but you know, people should be aware of this thing. It's pretty awesome. We're actually going to do uh, two podcasts. We're going to be interviewing with Mr. Carl Valley, who is my favorite, most honest person on the planet when it comes to uh, uh, to knocking down walls and actually just asking the right questions. Uh, but I'm also going to do uh, some 10 minute segments with uh, coaches that are there and stuff like that. So we'll we'll put them in. Uh, you know, I think we'll roll out like two podcasts out of the CVAP show, but. Um, you know, I'm excited about it, man. Like, it's for one, it's the last show that I have to do for the year. So, oh. Oh, yeah, and then I'm going up, um, you know, on vacation shortly afterwards. So, brilliant, man. That's great. Ah, oh, dude, it'll be so nice. Um, but you know, we're we're gonna get some stuff out of there and hopefully, uh, you know, help continue to promote this. You also got a book coming out too. Is that? Uh... All right. We'll make the announcement right here, man. Nobody yeah. knows about this. Yeah, that was going to be the secret for the seminar. So I won't say no, 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 no. I'm not going to say anything. Not going to say anything. Oh, no, we can do it. No, we'll, t- we'll talk about your we'll talk about your secret memoirs and biography later on. Oh, oh, no, 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 not that book. <laughs> the manual will be out July 15th. Uh, it's in print right now, and we. Uh, we're, we're hoping to, to have it ready to go. So those people that are in attendance will be uh, the only people until August that will be able to, to get access to it. It will be the, the first edition of Volume 1. And it's um, it really is kind of like a lot of the, the, the behind-the-scenes heroes that have helped put this together talking about real-world stuff that is, you know, straight up, this is what we do, this is what we did, and this is how we got better, or this is exactly what my studying was it's gosh i'm gonna try to name all 10 right off it's 10 chapters it's dr mike gentry talking about coaching it's kevin talking about starting monitoring on a budget uh jeff moyer talking about motor learning um natalia verkoshansky gives a preseason program for basketball Yosef Johnson talks about some things with injury uh, <clears throat> reduction. Matt Tomey's talking about training the respiratory muscles. Daniel Ramondi talks about uh, max aerobic speed and how he took Dan Baker's stuff and kind of tweaked it a little bit for what he does with his student-athletes at George Washington University. Hank Krasenhoff. Uh, is talking about identifying athletes um, and like fiber typing and things like that. And Brian Mann, VBT in season. Nice. Uh, and Benny talking about RSA, I believe it was. And um, yeah, I think that's all 10. Off the yeah. top of my head. I, I tell you, I, I, what I love about it is like you're really taking like the David Joyce approach where it's like pick best people to give real experiences instead of just Jay standing on a mountain screaming off the top of his head what he thinks is, is best. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to live up to, to, <laughs> to Joyce's book because that thing's killer, but... Yeah, it's pretty badass. It's um, it's neat, man, and it's it's opened my mind and in, in my eyes to a whole other world. You know, just like the podcast has and the seminar has you know it's it's fun stuff that keeps me busy because if I'm not busy I lose my mind and <laughs> people may say that happened before but 
it's um it is it's neat and it's it's really exciting and I just hope that it's things that people can take things from and, and it could above and beyond everything else it can open more conversations and that's just what we're trying to do is whether again whether it be with the seminar with the people in attendance or the people watching you know on the online stream or it's the podcast or the you know now the manual if, as long as it's driving the profession and it's getting people to talk more and share more information openly and honestly about what they're doing it's just going to make us all better dude you're so doing you're doing the work man honestly like there there aren't enough people out here, out there who you know put together um you know these these lighthouse events you know it, it, i can count maybe 5 that exist that are just like these these anchors that really you know bring people together and, and and share open ideas and stuff like that and i think you've been doing a fantastic job at it um you know there's uh we need more of it and um unfortunately like the amount of work i think it takes it it scares people away but uh you know you're doing you're doing the grind out there to get it and make it happen so you know I thank you, and I'm sure there's some people out there who thank you for doing it as well. So, you know, congrats, man. You've been you've been doing a great job at it. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. And, yeah. you know, you guys have been a big part of it, too, you know, helping out. And, of course, obviously, your involvement with the book and yeah. and your involvement not just with the seminar but with the direction I've gone professionally and helping me be better. And it's it's, it's mutual, homie. I do. I appreciate everything you all are doing. So it's what we're all here for, right? If you're not helping, I I don't know another group of people that is better than coaches. Like, I we could have we could have built software for anybody, but this this group of people is um, just just incredible. Like everybody is really there to to help lift each other up, and um, you don't see a lot of jealousy out there. You don't see a lot of poking around. You just really see a lot of people trying to advance themselves, their professions personal uh, growth and everything else like that and I'm you know just happy to be around guys like you so good job man. Appreciate it man yeah alright Jay DeMeo again head strength coach from University of Richmond Uh, we'll wrap on that Um, CVAPS you want to CVAPS.com and all that other good stuff? Yes CVASPS.com um I have a newsletter on there that I'm awful at sending out, <laughs> but feel free to sign up for it. Yeah. Um, at CVASPS on Twitter, we're on the Facebook thing too. Uh, you know, and then the podcast that we have too on iTunes. And yeah, man, you know if if you can make it out to Richmond, Virginia, July fifteenth and sixteenth, we'd love to have you. Uh, the lineup, I think, is I mean kind of biased, but I you know I think the lineups. Pretty awesome, man. You got Bob Alejo hitting leadoff, and I think Randy Ballard's gonna gonna hit right after him. And Randy Ballard's an athletic trainer at Illinois who is a superstar, and not enough people know about him. He his his resume and his work with, with high level athletes is absolutely fantastic. And you know when when you post something that involves Randy Ballard on social media, and the first person that retweets it as Dan Paff. I mean, that just tells you something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, having Derek Hansen on campus is never a bad thing. He's he's a rock star. He's coming in from Vancouver. Sam Code from Oklahoma. Uh, Mike Curtis is coming down the street from UVA. Talk about, you know, everything that they're doing over at Virginia, which is nothing short of stellar. Uh, like I said, Hank Krasenhoff will be back. And if you've never met the Big Dutchman, he's the... Above and beyond being 
a genius. He's the nicest guy you'll ever meet. And he's Hank's helped me in ways like I, I could never pay him back for the amount of help he's given me professionally. He's he's a rock star and he's awesome. he's a genius and his talks are awesome. Um, and he's going to actually talk about coaching, you know. And, and, and people people look at Hank and it's like he he kind of is like the he gets like the misfits and the people that people can't work with or or gave up on and and. I don't know, again, I don't know if I want to say he fixes them, but he fixes them. You know, and, it's, <laughs> and of course, when you, whenever you get Carl Vallier in a room, it, it can be exciting. And he's rocking Regeneration Lab, the 2016 edition. If you haven't looked at the Regen Lab from you know back in the day, it's again, it's just here's the data, here's what it says, here's the studies, these are what people are doing, blah blah blah. It's it's just legitimate stuff, and uh, you know, it, you always. Are in for a treat when Buddy Morse uh, stands up in front of you, and I mean, there's nobody out there that calls a spade a spade like Buddy Morse does, and yep. he's a super guy. I, I've been lucky enough to see him talk a couple times, and you know, he's he'd be he'd be an interesting guy to watch box because he doesn't hold a punch. Nope, just and don't invite him to Buffalo because he will. Oh, <laughs> he busts my chops about it all the time. Me from too, man. York. man he are are you from Buffalo? Or you have to come to Phoenix to see me. I'm not going up there. Yeah, <laughs> my wife's from there. I'm never, there's no way. I'm never. I told her never you, go. You want to go back? Go ahead. Never going back. Yeah, he spent he spent his time up here. He he did his he did his time in Buffalo. Yeah, that he did. But yeah, man, it's it's exciting. It'll be a lot of fun, and it's. You know, and the crazy thing is, is the people that are in the room or walk around, and it's shoot. And in that group, I want to say four of the eight were in the room last year as as guys in attendance, and we've already got the lineup for next year set. It's awesome. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, a bunch of those people won't be able to make it because they got something going on in Brazil. Uh, but you know, it's uh, it is, man. It's it's a lot of fun. You know, we, we hang out. If you can stay on campus, it's it's just, you know, again, I hate to keep name dropping, but just like Althoff said in his review of it, it's kind of like going back to college. We're going to eat in the calf. We're staying in the dorm. And, yeah, I'm packing an extra pillow. That's one yeah. thing. that's the lesson I learned from last year. Yeah, we own it. <laughs> well, we got barbecue the first night, and then my boy Mike Moe, who does all our catering for basketball, he's bringing the grill out, and it's going to be hots and hamburgers and chicken. Uh, you know, straight out there, we've got a couple of local craft beers each night, and it's uh, and if you know, for people who aren't as adventurous, just some more regular stuff. Uh, but yeah, man, it, it is. It's just about coming out and opening up, and 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 even if you don't even want to open up, just open up your ears because yep. you're gonna be sitting at a table with with guys who have coached col- people who've won gold medalists, people who you know won national championships or been to final fours or conference championships or you know you name it i mean world series championships yeah you know, just to to be able to sit down and if you want to hear awesome stories you need to ask bob alejo about his connections with rock and roll music we'll do that awesome uh, i'm looking forward to it man this is gonna be a great time it is dude i'm excited i can't believe it's already here <clears throat> awesome thanks jay uh look forward to next week thanks man yeah man appreciate you having me on thank you all right see ya see ya Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the Coach Me Plus Applied Sports Science Podcast. I hope we made your ride, your run, your bike, or your drive a little bit easier. If you're new to the podcast, uh, we do this about once every two weeks and hope to get coaches on that uh, you know take things out of the lab and bring it into the gym. Uh, if you're 
listening to us on an app, you might want to subscribe by either clicking the link in iTunes or Stitcher or whatever app you might be using. You can follow us on Twitter at CoachMePlus, and of course you can subscribe to our newsletter. Uh, it's the Applied Sports Science newsletter. Um, go to CoachMePlus.com, click on the link in the top right corner, and uh, subscribe. And I promise you that you won't get hit with spam. It's actually good stuff. Uh, thanks for listening, and we will catch you guys again in two weeks.